This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. From Monaco to Indianapolis, Le Mans to Daytona, and everywhere in between. is your one-stop shop for provocative motorsport talk. From the ITA Podcast Network, this is the Into the Paddock Podcast. Into the Paddock Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Into the Paddock podcast for the first time. We are presented by the ITA Podcast Network. My name is Jordan Groves and I am joined by Mr. Gregory. Hello. Hello. And Mr. John. Howdy, howdy. We don't have surnames around here, clearly. Um, Nope. This is, yeah, this is a brand new podcast by the ITA Podcast Network and we're here to talk about this little thing called motorsport. You might have heard about it. Um... This is going to be just a – the way we pitched this while we've been planning this is that it's basically going to be a conversation of three people that like motorsport just talking about what's happened recently, except it happens to be recorded. Um, and that's basically it. It's kind of like the, a, a, another cliche, a water cooler conversation kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be with you basically every single week um, if you'll have us. So, um I, I guess if not, we won't see you again. But whatever, that's fine. Tune in whenever you ourselves. If, yeah. hey, if you if you think the show is annoying, send it to three people you hate, and maybe we'll annoy the shit out of them too. It works both ways, yeah. Because then you get to annoy them, and we get like um, in, interactions and stuff. So yeah. in the age of the internet, we win either way. So it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think to start off because this is the first one. Um, yeah, this this is going to be a, a, a motorsport discussion show. It's not just going to be us talking to like re- reporting the news. We're going to be talking about how we feel about these things. We might anger some people. We might anger each other. Let's hope because that'll be funny and it'll be get good views. Um, so that that's basically what we're going to do. And you'll find out more about kind of the kind of vibe of this show as the, as we go on, I guess. But I think it's probably a good thing to start off by just saying who we are why you should care about us probably not that um and why we cared enough to uh start recording conversations i guess so um let's start off with mr john john why are you here and who are you uh, you got me a lot of money so i decided to come out <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> wait you're getting money <laughs> oh shit didn't tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> no i um I, I took the leap of faith. Um, I liken it to, you know, how people that love football, American football, that is, um, you know, they will, they love the sport. So how do you get more into the sport? They start doing fantasy football. Fantasy football makes them watch more games and then the cycle just continues. Um, so for me, um, I'm looking at this podcast as a way to get more into motorsport the more we talk about it, the more that I'm going to be watching every weekend. Um, but um, but no, I, I got into this really by um, uh, listening to the our parent uh, studio here, uh, Into the Apex. Uh, I've been listening to them for a couple of years now. Um, I'm an avid iRacer and, um, you know, the, the idea of a strictly, you know, motorsport podcast came up and uh, 
I was dumb enough to raise my hand and offer a <laughs> offer to join, but um, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Um, you know, got into motorsport really by it's a funny story. Um, my I found out that I was going to have a son um, and needed to buy a new car, so I went on YouTube and started looking up car reviews. Um, and one thing led to another, and started listening to this. Um, car review podcast called the everyday driver if they ever listen to this i'm giving you a shout out which they probably won't but we'll see <laughs> but um i remember them talking about going to making a trip over to to europe to um uh, they called it like a, a a pilgrimage um to to the nurburgring and to spa and how they, they just talked about how wonderful these tracks were um and then they mentioned that they do a little bit of sim racing um to practice for these tracks. And, um, so I decided I'm going to try doing that too. And the more that I got into sim racing, the more that I got into motorsport in general, um, and then really started following, uh, sports car racing in particular is probably my absolute favorite, um, uh, series is, is IMSA, uh, WEC, um, the, um, you know, any basically anything with any sort of sports car in it, GT3 cars, GT4 cars, you name it, I'm watching it. Um, but but no, that's that's me. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to to some great discussions with the rest of you guys, and um, you know, more more importantly, I'm looking forward to getting into different series like ovals and and, and dirt and and more indie car and, and things like that. So, and with that, I'll pass it off to to Mr. Gregory over here. See what he has to say. Uh, hello, I'm Greg. <laughs> I uh, I've been I've been around racing pretty much my whole life. Started started go kart racing when I was real young. Won a couple uh, local track championships doing that. Uh, and then I found a show called Drive to Survive. I'm kidding. I <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, no. I started watching Formula One probably the 2010s or so you it's know honestly how i got into formula one so i'm that guy <laughs> uh yeah i started started watching formula one getting more into uh other forms of motorsport like uh endurance racing sports car racing uh watch a little bit of like i said dirt track racing uh nascar things like that and anything anything with a wheel really uh it's it's just it, it enthralls me. I love the technical aspects of it. I don't really pay attention to a whole lot of the names. I'm like the guy that really likes movies, but can't name a single actor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just enjoy racing. I enjoy watching it. I'm, I'm glad to be here on the podcast. I think Tyler from into the apex sent out a message and saying that they were doing a show about motorsports by sim racers. And I think I emailed him. I messaged him on Facebook. I messaged him on Discord and sent him a thing on Instagram. <laughs> Finally, he was like, all right, just fucking do it. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, so here I am. See, so here I am. Cool. And, yeah, and there's nothing much else to say about that. I just, I do a <laughs> lot of eye racing and I watch racing on TV. And now you're going to spend about an hour and a half every monday talking about it as well so i know it's it's, it's, it's really it's like an infection it just grabs you more and more as it goes right. on you just <laughs> devote more and more time and it, right. it's I don't terrible because it's, 
<laughs> yeah, you don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs so I just spend my money on something else. <laughs> <laughs> we like racing and gaming, and the two mix, and it's expensive. It's awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're yes. so poor. Please pay us, not just John. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, that's the link. The, the links with all three of us is that we're all sim racers, and that, and you know, we all met through ITA and and Mad, and Mad obviously being heavily involved in sim racing. So that's that's what linked us three. But uh, to go into why. I grew up with motorsport, basically. Um, my family had been with motorsport for ages and ages. There, there's a, a story that I can't remember the whole thing to, and we don't have the time to tell, even if I did know it all, where my grandma was offered a run in a Lotus Formula 2 car at Brands Hatch, hmm. and her dad said no. So that's how far back it goes. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, but closer, like my, my brother was a uh, champion national kart racer in this country. If you can't tell, I'm from Great Britain. I'm the accent in this room. Um, <laughs> that explains it. Now I get it. Okay. Ah, there it is. You guys thought I was Australian. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, What's this? So yeah, my, <laughs> so yeah, my. my <laughs> brilliant my brother was a, a, a champion kart racer in this country um, my dad was his mechanic um, and whilst i was growing up i viewed motorsport as really long car rides in the rain to go stand in the rain watching someone else have fun <laughs> i hated motorsport That's not um, wonderful. yeah <laughs> and being britain it rained um <laughs> around uh, so he gave up racing in about 2008 because of this thing called money um, which if you're involved with motorsport at all, you know, it costs, um, <laughs> a little bit. A little um, bit. I, and it was around the time he gave up that I actually started giving a shit about racing. Um, I caught a couple of formula one races. Um, first formula one season I actually watched fully would have been like 2010. And that was when I started falling down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, and it's spiraled and spiraled into the point now where I basically watch absolutely everything. And part of that's because of sim racing, because, uh, just after starting watching motorsport, I wanted to start playing it. Um, got on Forza Motorsport, joined leagues with a load of American people. They liked this thing called oval racing, which I thought was really easy. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. <laughs> and, and My now we're at Montoya the point. would agree. Yeah. And <laughs> so long as there's no jet drives. Um, <laughs> we're, and we're now at the point where despite the fact that i'm i have this accent oval racing is probably my favorite kind of racing and indycar in particular is my favorite series so it's been a journey um and, and at some point one day when we have an episode that isn't as packed with pre-season stuff we'll have to tell the story about the time i had a twitter argument with brad kozlowski about oval racing but that's for another time um but yeah it's been yeah so it's it's been yeah i've gone from hating motorsport and car rides to watching every single bit of racing that i can be it ovals be it all the various things that we're going to end up talking about on the show over the course of the months um and yeah wanted to wanted to drive too old to get into that so wanted to be involved somehow so i started writing about it then started talking about it and now we're here so that's how we all ended up in the same uh, podcast booth basically um absolutely we've got a lot to catch up on <laughs> it, was a busy, it was a busy off season it was it was a busy off season and obviously because this is a new show um you know we've got some ground to catch up 
and it it seems like the the off seasons for motorsport are getting shorter and shorter every year. Uh, not just because the racing's happening more like in, in in a longer period of time, but because the driver transfers and stuff like that are just wild now. <laughs> it really is like a reality show sometimes. So what we're going to do for this first show that's going to be uh, uh, it, it's this is just going to be a train wreck trying to cover every single thing here. We've compiled a list of yeah, the biggest stories. If you're expecting stories. a good show for the first one, don't. <laughs> Tune in in the next couple of weeks to get a flavor for what the show's actually going to be like, because this is just going to be a, a roller coaster. <laughs> um, we've compiled a list of the bigger stories of the off-season, and we're going to kind of quickly run through them and, and give our thoughts where applicable. <laughs> um. I have about 101 tabs open, so we're just going to start in rough chronological order and just go through everything that's happened. And and, and by the off-season, because, again, there isn't one, um, <laughs> we're kind of <laughs> roughly going from the start of... Uh, for, roughly from when NASCAR finished. And then, like, obviously, because there were some Formula 1 races happened after that, we won't cover them, but then we'll cover from when they finished. You'll get the idea. So we start off with someone coming back and that's jimmy johnson coming back to nascar um this was um announced in uh, just after the cup series finished at the um, and this was at the start of november that jimmy johnson would be returning um to take an ownership stake in petty gms and ha- uh, run a couple of nascar races part-time in a non-chartered entry and, and since then we've had the update that petty gms is now legacy motor club I, I'm not crazy about the name. <laughs> it's, it's not great, but he'll be driving the 84, uh, which is obviously 48 backwards. And I believe he's on 83 cup wins. So if he gets another one, he'd be on his 84th. So that's kind of neat. Um, and, and with what, seven championships? Seven championships, yeah. So obviously, yeah, he's not going to get an eighth championship because he's only part-time. But what do we think of Jimmy coming back he's been away in indycar and sports cars what what's he gonna do here i i think he's gonna enjoy it i think i think it's gonna be uh you know akin to to kimmy reichen and moving away from ferrari and he's gonna get to enjoy driving again you know he had he had a lot of fun in indycar i think Mm. and but it's just there's just probably just an itch you can't scratch on a yeah. road course, if you're just a pure oval guy, you know, uh, they don't do a whole lot of super speedways and things like that. So mm. it's, it's, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's going to dig it. There's plenty of opportunity. And as a, as an owner too. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's always fun to see whether or not you're in the car. It's fun to see your team just be out there and participating and hopefully winning. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to, I think he's going to have a good time. Yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, you've seen that a lot of drivers in NASCAR taking more of an ownership route. I mean, Denny seems to be really finding a lot of um, satisfaction in what he's doing with 2311, for example. And, and, you know, yeah, there's a lot of frustration with NASCAR itself. So it'll be interesting to see how Johnson goes to the ownership side. Um, he never quite did that with Hendrick. And that was more of Jeff Gordon's thing. And that hence why he's such a big thing there now. So that'll be interesting. But it, yeah, in terms of the itch that needs to be scratched, I mean, it, it showed in IndyCar, like it's fair to say that he wasn't the greatest 
on road and street courses in IndyCar. He was he he never quite got it. He, did he, he get improved one a lot. It, did he he get didn't one? get any wins. No, any wins. Well, I, no, thought he, but, I thought he won one. No, sadly not. But he showed on on a, on the ovals, particularly Texas and Indianapolis. He really did get the hang of it. Like he he, you could see the oval prowess. It translates, of course, it does. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, I think the opportunity to go back and and try this, I think that was probably too good of an allure. But it is going to be interesting because, of course, he's not driven the next gen. The closest he's driven is the Lamar NASCAR, uh, and, and that's not <laughs> at all what it's going to be like driving the next gen car. Now. So I'm really that interested thing looks- to hear how he goes with that. That thing looks mean. Speaking of, the, they should the just Lamar. make that the cup car. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Yeah, let's. Me being and and you guys will find you know our listeners will will hear throughout this show that I'm know very little about oval racing, um, you know NASCAR other than what the majors you know stories are and and uh, and IndyCar. But but I it is my goal to get more involved. So hmm. um, hopefully be able to contribute some more, but. But my me being a sports car guy, seeing that they're going to have a next gen NASCAR racing on at Le Mans, it was it blew my mind. And then seeing some of the um, spy photos, not not really spy photos, they were test photos when they were running at was it Sebring with the um, cor- the new Corvette GT3. The thing just looks menacing. I mean, it's it, mm. it it'll be cool to see. You know, it'll be the only one. Besides the Peugeot without a wing, right? It just has a a uh, what they call it a gurney flap on the back, or or what's yeah. that called? So anyways. something on that, yeah. It's like a, yeah. a little, <laughs> <laughs> little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that I thought the, the pictures of it looked really really cool. But but as far as Jimmy coming back, I think it's a good move. You know, and, yeah. And and with with Richard Petty, you know, whenever I, he that seems like one of those guys where it's, whenever he tells you to do something, you just do it. Yeah, you know, he it's it's fucking Richard Petty, the <laughs> king. Why wouldn't you? You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still so crazy on the team name though. The car, the, the no, any the for Johnson looks really good though. Anything with Motor Club and it just sounds pretentious to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll have to move on very quickly uh, from one return to another, but this one has a bit of an air of Stockholm syndrome about it. Uh, Danny Ricardo is returning to Red Bull as a reserve driver. <laughs> um, I mean, as this is, this is where we're going to immediately annoy F1 Twitter, but we're here for it. Um, as career progressions go, I think Danny Ricardo has got the most unfortunate one. <laughs> Yes. You know, yes. we've seen a lot of Red Bull drivers go, you know, from from Red Bull to Toro Rosso again or something like that. But to go from Red Bull to Renault to McLaren, back to Red Bull, but as a reserve this time, it's it, yeah, it's 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 strange. Uh, honestly, the only reason I can think he's going there is to remain as much in the shop window as possible to try and get a drive in twenty twenty four. Yeah, and let's face it, he's a publicity icon mm. i mean he, he you can't get enough of the pictures and videos of stuff you know when he's in the paddock yeah he he's a great addition to any team as far as whether or not he's a the best driver on the grid to be debated you know mm. uh, i think he's a great driver but 
but it's a, I think it's a good move from Red Bull. I think it's going to do good for their social media if he gets to participate in any of that. Usually F1 reserve drivers don't get a whole lot of screen time mm-hmm. anywhere, but if you have Daniel Ricardo, you, you would think they'll make the, exception. there's an opportunity yeah. there, right? Like Mr. Smiley. And like, it's fair to say I, like his personality hasn't really gelled with the other teams that he's raced for. Uh, Red Bull has been the one like he grew up in the Red Bull program. He right. is who he is and he acts how he is. And Red Bull very much complements that in the way that they go about their posting. So yeah, but in that side, it works really well. It's just from a, from a career point of view for him personally, it seems like a desperate attempt to try and come back to Formula One where really a driver of his caliber who is capable of incredible things. I mean, his run of, of races he had around 2016, 2017, he, he was one of the best on the grid for sure. So I hope that he doesn't cling on to Formula One so long just to get an opportunity in a team that isn't going to be able to give him what he needs. I'd rather see him go race elsewhere and showcase what he can do. Right. He's made I'm for an IndyCar. Yeah. He's made for an IndyCar, but it's fr- so frustrating because he doesn't want to do it. Well, he I, loves really? United I, States. I, I, he always says he loves, loves the US. US. Yeah. loves this place. And he, <laughs> and he loves, loves NASCAR. You know, we, we've seen how happy he was to drive Senior's car at Cota. I got but to he watch said, that. That was yeah. awesome. You were there. I hate you. That was there. I was there. I <laughs> it. And it was you could you could see him smiling from outside the car. I was we were sitting we were sitting just in turn two as he come down, you know, down the hill. And as he came down, I mean, you you could tell it was it was the time of his life. Yeah. And he he, he loves Texas every time he comes. It's just it's it's a big party. Everybody yeah. here loves him. He needs to go to IndyCar. I he really does. He he really does. Whether or not he likes the series, I think he could. I think he could grow to like it. It's the oval racing he's commented on the past that he's particularly not a fan of. And, and but with IndyCar, you know, we'll be talking yeah, later on. Yeah, we, we we'll be talking later on about another European-based driver who's coming over to just do road and street courses. I'm sure any IndyCar team would be willing to take Daniel Ricciardo. You know, yeah. given given how big Formula One is because of Drive to Survive over the last few years and how much Daniel was a focus. You know, mm-hmm. publicity goldmine, put him in a car, but it, ultimately, you know, you bring over, you know, he got so much publicity. Now you bring over Daniel Ricardo, and in my perfect. humble opinion, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> Daniel Ricardo is, is, a, is a much bigger name, um, you know, but for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, that would 100%. Be, I think that would be awesome. I think he'll come over at some point. I think he will. Eventually, yeah. I think he just needs... Uh, at the moment, I, I, I guess there's still a chance that he right. could right. work his way back in. I mean, I, if nothing I, else, you know, you've got the the specter of Lewis Hamilton potentially only having a couple more seasons. There's there's going to be some driver market shakeups. If he's still in the shop window, he could be picked. But mm-hmm. until then, I guess he's going to just try and hang around there and then go elsewhere. But I can't wait for him to do that. <laughs> right. It, yeah, I thought there was going to be a, a chance him being with McLaren, mm. you know, to, to drive for the Aeros team. But I guess not. I guess not. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Apparently he was, he was offered that, but refused. I, I, again, I guess it's just because he, he's so laser focused on formula one right now. And I, I, I get that. You, you, it's like when Kevin Magnuson went back to Haas, despite having been in IMSA with Ganassi, you know, and mm-hmm. people were like, why are you going back to Haas when you could be winning races in IMSA? He's just bitten by the Formula One bug. So right. I guess the from the outside, it doesn't seem, yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. And 
I, I guess <laughs> I'd rather do IMSA myself, but <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of McLaren, um, shortly after that, it was announced that Alex Pillow, the um, 2021 IndyCar Series champion, would be an official McLaren reserve driver for 2023. Um, this comes off of the back of him actually doing a really good job in his practice appearance at Kota. He, 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 did, he did a pretty good job there. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, after all of the shenanigans, it's a shame we weren't doing this podcast during the, the contract shenanigans last year. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah was there was mental. what, like three or four rumors that came out while he was. Well, he, he, you know? he was, he was signed to McLaren. Then he wasn't. Then Ganassi did a lawsuit. Then McLaren did a lawsuit. <laughs> and then seven other different drivers got involved somehow. Don't know anymore, um, but yeah. So it, it looks like he's going to be moving to McLaren in 2024 in the IndyCar. At least that's rumored at the moment. Who knows? Contracts are contracts. But uh, yeah, Polo. Uh, it, it's good to see IndyCar getting a bit more representation and worldwide recognition. Um, and yeah, Polo will be a safe pair of hands if he's ever required. I guess. Um. Moving swiftly onwards, rapid we, uh, fire. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I mean, we we spent probably way too much time already. But again, it's <laughs> so much stuff. Um, staying in IndyCar, and we we said about a European driver coming over to do um, road and street courses, and that's Marcus Armstrong. Um, Chip Ganassi uh, signed the New Zealander um, to a road and course, a road and street course program in the number 11 car, replacing the car that Jimmy Johnson's vacating to go back to NASCAR. It's all linked. <laughs> um, Armstrong's pretty good. Um, he, he's won a couple of races in F2. He's a former member of the Ferrari driver program. Um, Ganassi tested him and they reckoned he was, he was very good and you could see why he had been affiliated at teams of that stature. Um, and then linked to this, because we were then wondering, well, who's going to race the car on the ovals? And then it was, uh, everyone was rumoring, oh, Takuma Sato. But he's already he's already contracted to Dale Coyne. What's up with that? Well, whilst the Armstrong news broke in December, literally a couple of days ago, it was confirmed that uh, Chip Ganassi will uh, sign Takuma Sato for the ovals. Um, and if everyone in IndyCar is now terrified of the ovals because Takuma Sato is fantastic at ovals. It's particularly Indianapolis. And last year, Ganassi spanked most people <laughs> at Indianapolis. So that's a formidable lineup. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's always interesting to see in, in well, it's the mixture of racing in IndyCar, road, oval, and all that. And NASCAR does it too. They bring in these ringers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they bring in a, a person who's specifically good at one thing to do the one thing and then sit them on the sideline for somebody else to come in and do the other thing. It's, it's wild. It's interesting to me, interesting to me. And I, as someone who's a formula one fan, there are obviously no ovals in formula one, but it's just mm -hmm. weird that a team is allowed to keep switching drivers yeah. and you know, the, the points remain or whatever. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but I think he's a good, I think he's a good fit. He's obviously good at ovals, like he said. So let's see, let's see what happens. Yeah. Ganassi's I, a good team. Yeah. Ganassi's a great team. And then you've got a really good oval driver and then Armstrong. And, and we've seen in the last few years that F2 guys who come over can be really damn good. Like Christian Lungard 
nearly winning and getting pole at IMS on his debut from F2. You know, uh, Callum Eilop being at Hunkos, you know, it, it's becoming, you know, we're seeing more and more European influence in IndyCar now, especially with like Grosjean coming over and maybe one day Danny Ricciardo. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's, a, that's a great driver lineup to have for the combination of both. You know, sometimes, you know, we've had Ed Carpenter racing his own oval cars and then putting in someone else for the for the road and street courses, and that's not always worked. But this is it's a good lineup. Um, moving across the Pacific Ocean to Australia, um, we had the farewell of Holden in uh, the Supercar series. Um, it's just going to be weird not seeing Holden on the grid. I don't even watch supercars that right. much because here it's at an awful time zone, but right. Holden's synonymous. They replaced yeah, it with you, what? You, uh, uh, Camaro, right? Chevy, yeah. So the, it's the new it's next the, gen. It's same thing. Realistically, all that's going to change is the badge, but it's still going to be weird, right? Right. Right. You all, always expect to see that logo. All the time. Everywhere it's, you see the the supercar anything you right. know and the, the do they have more wins than anyone else in supercar demand as a manufacturer honestly i don't know too many of the like i i don't know too much of the the um the history of of supercars we need an australian to guess sometime i know um you know, <laughs> australians out there chime in <laughs> and we still need a bike <laughs> person as well <laughs> so if you're australian and you love bikes <laughs> it's, a, it, it's it's crazy that they're leaving because just Holden is Australia. Yeah, right. And th- there's no other brand on the grid. I don't think uh, I may be wrong that represents the country as well as that one brand. No, you're right. They're, yeah, right. they're everywhere, and I it's questionable decision. I think, but yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's because mm. it stems from General Motors retiring the brand. Uh, mm-hmm. During, like, uh, I don't think it was because of COVID, but it was around the same time because of sales figures. You know, people were just buying other General Motors products, even though they're they're all the same. They're all owned by the same people. Right. right. It, it's I, almost as if like they could have kept Holden just as a racing division, which is essentially what they've done since. But I guess it just works better for brand recognition. Have it as a Chevy. Right. Yeah. I I, I see here in, here in America, uh, I've seen several several Chevy SSs with rebadged as holdings yeah and 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 it's hard to tell that you can't tell the difference it's the same fucking car (laughs) but it's it's funny because i hadn't noticed this but uh, until someone pointed it out but the car that they've been using for the last few years the zf the zf commodore i should say it's it's a Vauxhall insignia here (laughs) (laughs) it's the the gm do the rebadging and we'll get on to gm later actually because there's rebadging there as well, but right. foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just all about like, we, this is the reason manufacturers go racing is, is for, for the brand recognition and all of that. So if it, it must be that having Chevy, the badge on the car is just going to do so much more for general motors than Holden can. And yet there's still, it, it was really emotional. I, I watched Adelaide. I, I, again, time zone. So I usually don't, I watched Adelaide and everyone looks so sad to be losing it. But at the end of the day, the, the diehard racing fans aren't going to be the ones that are always buying the new cars. They, they've got to appeal to the general public outside of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I guess and money Chevy's the way it's it, money. Money's king <laughs> money. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's expensive to go racing. Nobody 
makes money racing. You know, it, unless you're unless you're a driver getting paid to drive, hmm. or you know, or, or you get bonuses for wins. If you're going racing, you're you're losing money. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't pay unless you win or unless a sponsor signs you a huge check. But the check is just going straight straight into the car. You know. Yeah. So it, it's saying? tough to make money. Win on okay. Sunday, sell on Monday, or something like that. I might, yeah, I might have yeah, butchered it. Absolutely. exactly. That's exactly the saying. You know, uh, it comes from you know back in the day on NASCAR. You could you could watch a car win the Daytona 500, and then Monday go to the dealership and buy that car, right. that mm-hmm. same car. I mean, air quotations. Yeah. That that same car. Uh, but I mean, the, it still stands today. You know, a lot of people like Ford, and they were like watching them win, and so they buy a Ford. It's true, yeah. And and it's it's a little different now, obviously, because the cars are so different from the production to the race. But you know, the the new Gen three uh, V eight supercars look a lot more production based than the last couple of V eight supercars have. So it, it it all ties in. So it looks a lot more akin to the stuff they'll be able to go to a Chevy dealer and buy the next day. So. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's just going to be weird for a couple of years, not seeing Holden on the grid. Um, next up we have, uh, first bit of sad news that we had over the off season was the, the death of, uh, two time formula one winner, Patrick Tombe, um, former Ferrari racing driver. And he also, um, won championships in Can-Am, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. 70, 73 years old. He's one of those names. Like, obviously, none of us really watched Formula One when he was around, but uh, me in particular, because my dad watched Formula One during that era, I've been subjected to so many classic Grand Prix. It sounds like that was a bad thing. It's not now. I love classic Grand Prix, but Patrick Tombe was always a name that was there, and it actually shocked me that he'd only won two races because he always only seemed, two. Yeah, yeah, he always seemed in the mix. In any, whenever I saw a classic race from his era. He was just one of those iconic names. So, yeah, just and sad news. An exciting driver to watch, too. Yeah. That guy, could, that guy could wheel. But, I mean, he in the era he was in, he had some, had some tough competition. Mm. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> um, speaking of tough competition, uh, back, to the, um, back to IMSA now. Um, this was the announcement that Romain Grosjean uh, was coming to, well, first signing as a factory Lamborghini driver for uh, various endurance racing escapades, including the Lamborghini uh, GTP when that comes in 2024. But that then followed with the announcement is that he'll be racing in this weekend's Rolex 24 in a Lamborghini in the GT class. Yep, he's yeah, for GT Iron Pro. Links. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Iron Links. And uh, it, the car looked okay. <laughs> it's different seeing it on a Lambo versus the, you know, you've seen them, their livery on the Ferrari for so long, but uh, I think it, it transferred right. over well, especially with the new Evo two package on the Lambos that um, they look good out there. Um, I'm really excited to see their, their hyper car to see their mm-hmm. design. Cause they, you, know, you can, you see a Lambo that, you know, that's a Lambo, their, their, their architecture, right. their design. So given that, you know, we, we've seen like, Peugeot with a pretty radical design for their hypercar. Um, you know, I, I think it, it'll be really cool to see what their design language looks like on their on theirs. So, is it going to be a hypercar or is it an LMDH? I can't remember. 
uh, uh, I think by twenty is it? I may, I may be I may be completely wrong on this, but I think by twenty twenty four they're going to be the same, right? It, kind so there's of. Like two, there's so, like subtle differences. Yeah, yeah like uh, hypercar has like full range to design the tub like uh, from the ground up versus mm-hmm. the GTP LMDH where they are restricted to use like a, a manufacturer like Delara or uh, Orica. Um, to a certain spec. So like, for example, like Peugeot being a hypercar, that's why theirs is so radically different because they were that according to the rules allowed to, to basically have free range when it came to the design. Um, I, 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 I want to say they're going to be an LMDH. They, again, they might be using, and it may have been announced already and, and, and shame on me for not knowing it, but um I can't Regardless. see the press right now which <laughs> it, it, which one they're targeting. They're, yeah. they're specifying both at the moment. So okay. I, I, uh, according, I would, according to Racer Magazine, it's going to be a GTP. Okay, oh, so cool. they, they will probably have cool. to use a, a spec manufacturer like Delara or yeah. what's the other one? Multimatic. Um, so, but, I, but even then, you know, seen when when you're when they're sharing the same chassis, they can look radically different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Absolutely, they've really nailed the design regulations for GTP, where they're all allowed to express their design architecture, as you say. And you know, Lamborghini is like they are iconic for their body shapes. All uh, that hypercar or LMDH GTP. <laughs> Lamborghini, I, I'm sure they're going to produce one that the only thing that's missing from it is missiles to make it look like <laughs> a Thunderbird, like a, basically. Like a fighter jet. Yeah, it, it's going to look never, insane. I've never been a huge fan of the Lamborghini brand. Mm. You know, it just... I, it, it, you know, the, the Countach is just okay for me. <laughs> Honestly, same. I've I, it it, always it, seemed a little overhyped. Yeah, it, 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 I've heard it's a terrible driving experience. You can't see out of it. The the air conditioner almost works. Well, uh, I wasn't just, yeah. allowed to drive. I did. They have those um, those extreme driving experiences that they bring out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm up here in Pittsburgh, so I'm by the uh, pit race complex up here. And there was a height restriction. I think you had to be less than six two. Either six one or six two to drive it, so I didn't get a chance to drive it because if I would have gone Jeez, in there, how tall are you? My head would have been cranked against the ceiling. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm six four with shoes on, with shoes Jeez. six three and, and good lord, three quarters. <laughs> so I, we can yeah, never I, meet. I, I wear medium t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I wore that when I was about three, maybe. But uh, I've, always been a, I've always been a bigger guy. My mom, I'm, I was husky. That's the term. I was a husky. It says so on your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know, I think I'll probably be in a two XL t-shirt for you know the rest of my life. But I'm okay with that. So basically, there's but, a good. Jo- it's a good job we do this virtually because we, me and Greg, will basically be dwarfed by your height. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's gonna be. We're, I'll settle a bit lower in my next seat, week. guys. Is that better? Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm meeting you next week at Daytona, and it's going to be tough to get us in the picture. No, I will not grab that off the top shelf for you. I'm sorry. You'll have to Dutch Dutch tilt it so that you're at the one end and he's at the other end. It's going to be like Shaq taking a picture with his girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I wear a size 13 shoe, and that's the last, like, size that they, as far as shoes go, like, at at the store, like, that's the last 
size, they will regularly carry a couple of uh, sizes with. Otherwise, if you go to 14, most shoes you've got a it's only like two or three shoes on the rack that they will have in the 14 but i don't anyway, think i've ever touched a size podcast. 13 shoe <laughs> oh tangents tangents are gonna happen <laughs> it's just this week we really had to rush them right um next up we'll rush through the next uh well until we have to stop because there's a big one coming up uh formula <clears throat> e um they had a tba spot on their calendar and they're having a second race in the united states the other one being new york this one's going to be at portland on the uh, portland international um circuit um raceway uh good track um in the past, Formula E have had to modify any tracks they go to to put chicanes in to slow them down and stuff, but the new Gen 3 cars are insanely fast, so they might not actually have to update it at all. So that'll be uh, interesting. Uh, Portland, I, I wouldn't have expected them to go to Portland. I would have thought they might have gone somewhere a bit more famous. Maybe, maybe they're looking for the rain. I, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. when they raced last year in New York in the rain, that didn't end well. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, bring it on. Let's let's have more international series come to the U.S. Especially it's, to these tr- these cities that don't get it that often. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The sport is growing here. Road course racing is becoming a thing. People like the Formula style cars, thanks to that terrible Netflix show. Um, <laughs> it. It's, next season comes it's out a good next, fit. next month. Uh, I'll be watching. We're gonna have to I'm still going to watch it, <laughs> watch same, it same. but it's, I'm going to be pissed the whole time because it's just <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible show. Although Aren't they coming out with an IndyCar uh, style drive? Uh, they, every, every series and their mothers are bringing out one now to try right. and rekindle the same kind of growth, and not many right. of them have captured it yet. At least they're going to do better than NASCAR, who released a, a sitcom that was <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> oh, they did a couple of years ago, didn't they? Mm, I did don't just even go remember for what one it was season? called. I don't I, I either, but so. it, was, it was shit. <laughs> um, but... But no, yeah, let's uh, bring bring. Let's have more races. I know the mm-hmm. Formula One, you know, is, is bringing races to Las Vegas and keeping it in Austin, and we're having another terrible race in Miami. Uh, <laughs> that track was dog shit. <laughs> yeah, but, and they're not changing the layout either. I know it's gross. They're repaving it, but yeah, that's not going to work. That's that is literally are they, are they, a turd. <laughs> are they are they replacing the not marina? Hopefully. They haven't said so. Put some water in there. <laughs> uh, speaking of shit races, um, <laughs> you, the US is actually getting one, technically one more Formula One race than anybody even thought next year because uh, F1 announced they were going to have six sprint races for 2023, up uh, doubling the, the three that we had in the last two years. Um, and those six sprint races are going to occur alongside the normal Grand Prix at Baku, uh, the Red Bull Ring in Austria, uh, Spa in Belgium, Qatar. Ugh. We'll get onto that in a moment. <laughs> Hold that thought because I agree. Uh, the US at Cota and uh, once again at Interlagos Brazil. Um, I can only assume they're doing it at Qatar because they want to further, because they keep saying they're just trialing these sprint races to see whether they want to bring them and expand them. I can only assume they picked Qatar to see what a sprint race would be like on a shit track. yeah (laughs) that makes sense because that makes sense i i I reiterate qatar is a great track for qualifying in a in a racing car 
but it's a bike track. You can't pass there. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, whatever, whatever qualifying happens on, what is it? Friday? The qualify on Friday. Uh, in the sprint format. Or, yes. Yeah. yeah the qualify on Friday. That's going to be whoever wins the race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and even a- worse in the sprint race. Yeah. Cause you guarantee that that person's going to win the sprint race. And yep. then and the then, Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a parade for two days after qualifying. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be terrible. Uh, if you thought Formula One at Qatar was a bad idea, what about WEC? Ugh, why? <laughs> Not only why? is WEC going to Qatar from twenty. This is our next sto- uh, story. These are all linking together remarkably well. Um, yeah, not, only, not only are the FIAWEC going to Qatar, which is a terrible idea for a multi-class endurance series to go to a bike track, but it's going to be the season opener. Wow. Yes. So how do they how do they expect multi-class racing to occur on Terribly, a track? You I, can't I suppose. Pass on. The the lead class is going to get around. And then it's going to be the slow class leading the fast class all the way through the race. Mm-hmm. They're going to just, they're going to shove each other. There's going to be lots of wrecks. Oh man, it's going to be good on highlights. That, I, that I must be the money there. So that's probably the answer. <laughs> that's always the answer. And you're that, absolutely right. <laughs> that's why all of these races are going to the Middle East. Mm. It's mm. money, 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 money. <laughs> I, yeah. And, uh, I don't. I don't have anything further to say about that, no, other than it's just, just they're just being bought. They're just being bought, and that's that's it. <laughs> it's such a shame, yeah. Especially with WC being quite a like. It, it's going to be an eight race calendar, which is better than it already is. So it's not going to take away a current race. But as a British person, and I'm not. I'm never normally going to use the words as a British person on this podcast <laughs> because most of my interests are actually not in Britain. Um, but as a British person, you know since we did a very silly thing in deciding to leave a really good union that I'm not going to get into on the show, because that'll get a whole load of anger that I'm not ready for. I can piss off F1 Twitter, but I can't piss off Brexit. Um, (laughs) But since that happened, we don't have uh, a WEC race anymore um, because of the financial uh, risks and and complications to do with that. Um, so you know we don't have we don't have a WEC race at Silverstone anymore, and yet we're going to go to Qatar. And there are so and not just Britain, there are so many tracks that would be great for WEC, especially with the expansion of L- of LMDH and how much endurance racing is going to boom over the next few years. So just it's it's just disappointing that it's yeah. going to Qatar, I suppose. Right. <laughs> Even uh, Brands Hatch would have been a better <laughs> better track to have a multi class endurance race on. <laughs> That might be the shit show. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a terrible idea to go to Qatar or at least low sale. I, mm. I don't like watching races there. Cause no. like you said, it's, it's, it's a parade. Yep. Um, one race that we won't watch next year. <laughs> These are just rolling. Um, the Chinese Grand Prix has been canceled again. Um, there was this little thing, um, yeah, there was this little thing called a pandemic that happened, which canceled it for the last couple of years. And sadly that like, there are still a lot of, um, issues with COVID in China itself. And that's why they canceled it. Um, well, they first announced it was canceled in like November. 
Then there were some rumors that it might come back because the COVID numbers weren't too bad. And then in uh, again, a couple of days ago, F1 finally confirmed, no, it's, it's not happening next year. And not only that, they're not going to replace it. So it's going to be a 23 race calendar, which honestly is good because of yeah. how many races there are That's, in the calendar now. 23 is too many. 23 is too many. These guys are going to be tired. <laughs> you talk about jet lag over the course of, I think this season, the season lasted all, like over 250 days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's a it, lot. A it's lot of traveling. Especially for an international series, you know, like lo- national series or ones that don't go too far, like NASCAR can get away with that many races. Yeah, 36, but, I think, on a NASCAR calendar. 36, so. yeah. Uh, and yeah. some exhibitions and terrible all stuff. Right, right, right. And what, what is it? The, Col- the Coliseum race? It's the, the Clash. clash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. They're, they're going to have a podium at the Clash this year. They're 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 going to be there's going to be a podium and they're going to give a medal, like a literal around your neck bronze, silver, and gold medal to the top three winners at a fucking NASCAR race. <laughs> what happened to if you ain't first, you're last? I don't get it. Where's this move coming from? <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, China. <laughs> I don't I'm not I'm not upset to see the track go, to be honest with you. I know we keep talking about terrible tracks, but it's it's never been good. I've never been a fan of it. Mm. I, I don't I've like been the way incredibly it's designed. biased because I suck at it in Sims. <laughs> Uh, because it's a terrible track you can't that turn one complex what is that mm-hmm. it's turn what one and that? then the one going onto the back straight that does the same thing like it's it's a carousel into an increasing radius turn or a decreasing radius yeah. turn i always get them backward and then that sharp turn out i don't there's a million different lines through those corners and none of them are correct Right, it's worse than Sunset at, at Sebring. Oh, please don't can't, talk to me about that corner. You can't <laughs> you can't spot a line through it at all. And then if yeah, if you're in a formula car, I can I can only imagine that as you're coming up over and the the track starts to fall away, you're blind. Mm. You're blind. The track just disappears until you get through two or three turns. You have to memorize it. Mm. I'm uh, glad to see it go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I won't necessarily miss it. And it's just good that they're going to have a break. There, there have been some people complaining because there's now like a four-week gap in April. Like, good, because there's too many Let races. have a break. <laughs> there's other series on. <laughs> Watch something else. Um, continuing the Formula One news, we'll quick fire a couple more of these. Uh, there was a, there was, we had the driver silly season over fairly quickly, but that's because they were planning the manager silly season, which I had not <laughs> seen coming. Um, that was crazy. <laughs> so Fred Vasseur has gone to Ferrari, which it could. I actually think that that's a very good move. Fred Vasseur has been pretty good, and Ferrari are pretty terrible. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it, they can you can teach them some strategy. I was going to say, hopefully his first thing is to f- actually make a strategy department because they don't that's have right. one. They can't. Um, <laughs> then we the have clown, the clown paint from their face. <laughs> yeah, hire a makeup. Department. <laughs> Um, then we had, in, this is all within the same week, mostly. Then we had, um, uh, why, why is this name? Um, the McLaren guy. Um, why, why is this name? The, the one who Stop worked. Our- yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, oh. what's that? his first name is eluding me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's going to, I've written it down. 
see th- this is how bad the managers are like um Ot- is it Otmar? Seidel. Andreas Seidel. Seidel. He go. went from the McLaren team principal to go and be the CEO at Sauber Audi, but not the team principal. The team principal still hasn't been announced. So that was weird, but he's obviously going there in preparation for Audi because he's previously worked with them in other things. Um, Andrea Stella has replaced him. He's been promoted within, within the team. Then we had completely unrelated um, Jost Capito left Williams and then got replaced by James Vowles, who was the chief strategist, I believe, at Mercedes. You may remember him for the Valtteri It's James <laughs> radio message Good. over the last few years. Good move. That is a great move for him. That's a great move. Not only for him, but for Williams. Yeah. I think Williams is going to really capitalize on having this guy there. Mm. Especially it, yeah, all the experience it, he's got from Mercedes now. Right. And and I was, I was surprised to see... Uh, he made a tweet the other day saying, or I guess he, he had an interview that was turned into a tweet uh, saying that Toto facilitated all of it mm. was completely supportive of him going over to Williams. And I think good, good move on Toto, mm. you know, not being a just total dickhead about it, but I, I, I think it's going to be a great for Williams. Mm. I think it's gonna be great for the team. Some, they need something. Yeah. <laughs> they need something. I, I, they got bought out. What was it last year? Year before last, something like that. I was kind of sad to see the family leaving the sport, mm. but it, I mean, it's a legacy team. It's a legacy team. Let's keep them around. I, I love the team. I'm a Williams fan. Uh, I like Alexander Albon and, and Sergeant was a good, good addition to the team. And I think with Vols, it's just going to be, they, they could, they could finally not come in last. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they can get some fucking points. <laughs> we'll have an American driver now too. We'll definitely get the uh, this side of the pond. Yeah, excited. Yeah, Logan's good driver. Good driver. It, and there's a lot of good things. There's there's a rumor that they're because we've got the uh, car launches in the next couple of weeks as well. And the rumor is is that their title sponsor is going to be Golf. Uh, um, please that's like so you're getting a mercedes guy as a team principal you're getting an american driver to capitalize on the marketing and he's very good you got alex mm-hmm. albon who's got all that experience from red bull then you're getting golf as a big sponsor that's got so much brand appeal across the world of motorsports that car is gonna look great it's gonna look beautiful it's yeah. gonna look it's gonna look i'm i'm not gonna say it's gonna look better than the martini liveried williams but it'll be close <laughs> it'll be close it'll be close It'll um, be close. What, what else happened? We, we'll we'll get, we'll do the two next ones because they're both Formula One, and then we'll take a break because this is taking so long because there's so much stuff. Um, very briefly, so Mercedes lost James Vowles, but they gained Mick Schumacher. Um, Mick Schumacher left the Ferrari Driver Academy, and as a result, the Haas Formula One team at the end of last season. But he will go to the Mercedes team as its official reserve driver for 2023. That's a good move for him, I think. Yeah, he's gonna learn a close lot. to home, you know. Uh, it, 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 he's got legacy at the team, obviously. Right. With with Papa Schumacher, I, I was wondering why there was a video that came out during last season. He was walking through mm-hmm. the Mercedes garage in his Haas race suit, and everybody in the garage was confused. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy doing in, in our garage? He's scoping out like, the joint. <laughs> <laughs> do I go this way, that way? I don't know. <laughs> and 
yeah, so I guess it kind of makes sense when when they finally posted him signing the paperwork with Toto. I was like, yes, please, please put this guy in a car. I don't think he's the best driver. He's still got some no. developmental, you know, things he's got to take care of. But he's a good addition to any team, mm. if not only because of his name. You like to yeah. for him, you know. Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah, I, I, I was really, I'm happy to see him on the grid last year. So. And then the last thing we'll cover just before our break is a completely non-controversial thing at all. Um, and once hmm. again, in the world of Formula One, Formula One drivers. So the FIA have followed the lead of FIFA, which is usually not a good sentence to say. Like if you're following FIFA, it's usually bad. Um, F1 drivers now need to FIA the the F1 drivers now need to seek FIA approval if they want to make any political gestures, and that extends to everything from outwardly talking about things at the Grand Prix weekend to helmet designs. So this could be anything from Sebastian Vettel's climate helmets, which have been excellent, um, to even to Lewis Hamilton running the rainbow helmets in Qatar and Audi, uh, Abu Dhabi sorry, last year. So terrible. Uh, this isn't going to go down well. Yeah, they're, no, they're taking away the one thing that these guys have mm. right like they, they have a platform to to speak out against things sebastian vettel organized an all-women's driving event in saudi arabia why why are you taking this from these guys mm. they, they can bring attention to just a, a lot of things anything they want to and you're just gonna say no no get fucked I, yeah, I, I don't understand it. Half, half the reason I, I used to hate Sebastian Vettel, by the way, mm. <laughs> when he was at Ferrari having his fight with Lewis Hamilton, it just, uh, I didn't like him. But then he, after the race, went to clean the stands. Yeah. Was it at, was it at China? Silverstone. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was Silverstone. He went in and, and cleaned the stands and spoke about, you know all the climate stuff he got to drive was it a williams yeah it was mansell's williams yeah the yeah one of with the sustainable fuel yeah and, and all that you're gonna tell me that they're not gonna be allowed to do things like that anymore unless it's one of the approved like but and that's the thing you know the fia have defended themselves when they've gone to races held in countries with a questionable moral standing the argument Saudi has always Arabia. been that that <laughs> uh, the <laughs> The argument has always been that the sport can do more to highlight those causes by being there. Well, isn't this just a complete contradiction? And when you when you look a couple of years ago at how much they championed their phrase, we race as one, right. what meaningful change actually came out of that whole campaign? And no. now they're on the exact opposite direction. It's about the powers that be and, and narrative control and that i'll leave it at that they, yeah. they are the ones with the money um, they want to control the narrative and they can't have anybody with uh different views so. i i i don't give a shit what people think about this it's because the <laughs> areas like saudi arabia and qatar and all these countries are given so much money to the fia yeah they now get a say and be like nope you can't call out our bullshit now because mm. We don't like it. We'll pull all the money. Uh, the president of FIA does not want to see that money go away. Yeah. Do we so, really think that, for example, last year, 
at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, we saw all of the stuff going on in the background with the missile strikes. If there were, if this race was held in any other region of the world, do we really think we'd be going back there this year following that? following that major security risk to not just the drivers and everyone involved with Formula One, but all the people traveling to the event? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because the FIA is, <laughs> is who they fucking Good are. point, actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, th- I would say yes, absolutely. You keep throwing us the money. We don't mm-hmm. give a shit if you're throwing missiles. We'll still come back. Yeah. And, you know, we saw it happen during the race. The drivers held a meeting until very early into the morning yeah. about whether or not that they wanted to race. I can only imagine what was said during that meeting to the drivers to convince them to go ahead with the race. What, yeah, what kind of deal was made in that room to be a fly on the wall during that conversation? It's a shame that we likely won't hear that on Drive to Survive this season. <laughs> we we won't. I don't think we will. I don't think there were any cameras allowed yeah. in there. I think there were just uh, a lot of guys I don't think a lot of guys wanted to do it. No, but you have you you have Muhammad coming in saying that they paid the money, yeah, to hold the race. You can't back out of the race, mm-hmm. and it's it, you know from a lot of the stuff that we've seen from 2020 up to this last season, probably pissed a lot of people off, and that's where this decision is coming from, you know. The, the whole re-race is one thing. Lewis Hamilton wearing the arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor shirt. Uh, Sebastian Vettel holding an all-women's driving event in a country where women are historically not allowed to drive. It's, it, it, it's all coming from... I, I'm not going to generalize an entire people. You mm. know, it, it's not... It's absolutely not what we're here to do. I'm not going to say any of these people are bad people, but there are terrible fucking organizations that are obviously run by some terrible people that have their hands in this and it's it's not a good look it's not a good look when in formula one the drivers don't have a whole lot of room to do anything anyway this is their only outlet and making helmets and 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 wearing shirts and things like that and you're just going to take that away from them we just got cell phones into the paddock yeah and now, right? It's, like, yeah. and you're, you're it's, it's, I, I feel like that's what they're going back to is not allowing drivers to have social media, not allowing drivers to do anything but get in the car and drive. And that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. On that disappointing note, we'll be back very shortly <laughs> for uh, more um, of this. Terrible! This terrible roller coaster <laughs> of uh, of uh, off-season shenanigans. So we'll be back momentarily for more. With half the show gone, there's still half the show still to go. This is the Into the Paddock podcast. In January, Into the Apex will return to the historic Daytona International Raceway for the Rolex 24 for the biggest roadshow yet. 
Porsche, Porsche, BMW, BMW, Cadillac, Cadillac, Acura, Acura. Who will begin the GTP era victorious? Follow IntoTheApex.com for trip details and meet up with the show live from Daytona Beach. This This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Welcome back to the Into the Paddock podcast once again. Uh, we are right in the middle of our roller coaster roundup of the. We should have patented that. That's a good, good name. Um, <laughs> roller coaster roundup of the off season shenanigans. And um, you may have thought we've spoken quite a lot about stuff so far, and we haven't even mentioned Andretti Autosport. Um, <laughs> The the seismic event started with uh, Wayne Taylor Racing announcing that they were ty- they were teaming up with Andretti Autosport for IMSA, um, which I thought was a, a great partnership idea to get a bit more power uh, house. Power. Exactly, that is one hell of a partnership there. Um, so therefore, bringing Andretti into the top class of IMSA. So we thought, yeah, that's a pretty big move. Um, just as a side note, they then announced a couple of days ago that uh, Andretti is intending to bring the WTR partnership to WEC and Le Mans as well. So again, further expansion. We thought that was quite big. Then our friend, the FIA president, Mohammed Ben Sulayem, tweeted saying that after previously saying that F1 wasn't looking for new teams, that he was going to be opening an expressions of interest panel for prospective new F1 teams. And we thought, that's interesting. Well, Andretti have been looking at Formula 1 for ages. Maybe this is them finally getting in. Why? I wonder what made him change his tune. (laughs) And then, the bombshell. (laughs) I think this is probably the biggest thing that happened during the off-season. And this was the news that Andretti were were once again still focusing on the Formula 1 entry, but now they were bringing along a friend. And that friend is GM and Cadillac. Oh boy. Power. <laughs> please, please, please. I can't, if it happens, I cannot wait to see what that car sounds like or hear rather what mm. that car is going to sound this, like. This meme was out there on the internet. It was, uh, you know, the FI, it was the, the pawn, pawn shop stars were sitting there and you know how they, the best I can do is a dollar 50 or whatever. Uh, so it, the, the meme <laughs> oh, was, you know, <laughs> FIA says, you know, you need to give us, you, know, you need to, to have a 1.6 turbocharged four cylinder, whatever the, the engine is. And, and the, the guy's like, you know, best we can do is a supercharged 6.2 liter V8. <laughs> so, but no, I think it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, you know, we, uh, there, yes, there is an American team Haas. Um, but you know, when you get the, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, manufacturer here in the United States involved, 
Um, I, I can only see good things from it. And um, the, obviously there's now what three races in the United States. So I think it's just sure. even, you know, it, 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 they're seeing how, how big the sport is growing over here. Um, and I think it's an excellent move and I'm, I'm super, super excited to, to see what happens. I, I do think that uh, Andretti was saying that the some of the teams were not excited about no. <laughs> bringing on another another competitor, and I I don't know why I don't know it, why it's come than, out in the since the announcement. It, like Mohamed Ben Suleyan then put out a tweet a couple of days later saying that. Uh, almost out of the blue saying like countering the criticism that none of the teams had said publicly yet that they weren't, they didn't want Andretti in. Um, and, and then Michael Andretti released a very obvious, um, and I think he's very correct in why he's saying it, that they don't want them to join because they don't want a dilution of the prize money, even though the yeah. 200 million pound fee or whatever the stupid number is that they have to pay to even join the championship is an anti-dilution fund to prevent that. Um, it, it's uh, once again, like we, we, uh, we, we've all spoken about this whilst we were setting up the show our, one of our frustrations, like we all love formula one and we all watch it, but our major frustration is the politics surrounding it. And particularly the focus on money more than the sport and the wealth of the sport, not the wealth of the sport, but the <laughs> ever improvement of the sport. Um, and it, they're looking for a short term profit when, you know, oh, you don't want to dilute your prize money but with um, america being such a big market for formula one and how much formula one has grown there they've finally conquered the market they've been looking to do for decades mm -hmm. with that to bring in gm to bring in cadillac and to bring in arguably one of the best privateer or racing outfits in andretti autosport surely the amount of interest and sponsorship and money that would bring into formula one would outweigh the amount of money that they would lose potentially by them joining in the first place. It just seems so yeah. short-sighted and so formula one. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's bring more cars to the grid. NASCAR has yeah. got what? 40 cars, 42 cars, something like that. And the concord agreement that the team signed permits them to have 13 teams. So I don't think they have a leg to stand on with regards no. to that. Uh, yeah, sure. There, there's a pit lane limit for some of the tracks where they would have to expand, uh, and we're not going to get to like a forty or 50, a forty car field like like they have in NASCAR, as you say. But yeah, but but let's, more teams let's is have, Yeah, let's have more more than ten teams. Yeah, and, you know, I don't I don't hate any one of the teams. No, so no, it's not no. like it's not like it's gonna. I don't I don't feel like it's gonna change anything other than make the sport better. There's gonna be more mid-tier teams there's going to be more lower tier teams now there's going to be more top class teams. it's just it's gonna uh, it, yeah let's let's do it bring them on and it's, and it's funny because you know they, they the teams some of the teams were coming out and saying that the reason they don't want to do it is because they don't want andretti to just rebadge a cadillac uh rebadge re a renault engine as a cadillac which is apparently what they're going to do in the interim before cadillac actually make an engine Right. And yet one of the key people that was saying that they didn't want this to happen was Red Bull and Red Bull had been branding <laughs> their Honda engine as a bloody watch. Right. <laughs> right. Past. <laughs> yeah. No, my and hypocrisy. The, yeah. The teams. Yeah. Teams need to shut the hell up. They're scared. Just, thing, you know? Yeah. I think they are too. I think they are too. That's a, that, that's a big name 
big name to bring into the sport. Yeah. And, it, and it'd with be amazing. All of their experience and stuff, they're going to make something happen. Yeah. I, you know, I think they'd be better than Haas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think they'd be better than Haas. I, yeah. Let's, they they let's have a it. better chance of sustaining it because you remember Haas came in and and got like fifth on debut or, or points on debut and then fifth in their second race. And then it kind of tailed off because mm-hmm. they won't be able to sustain the same rate of development. Andretti ain't going to have that problem. Right. And I'd Haas, be shocked. Haas can't do the money. That's that's mm. their that's their issue is is the money you know you have you have uh, uh, Gunther himself going out and getting sponsorship allocations. He's it, my it favorite, by the way. He's my absolute <laughs> favorite. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good like, he's a good team principal team I boss, but but the the team like smash said, just my can't. door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck smash my door. I love him. I love he gave a top to Mazepin. <laughs> oh, it's just iconic <laughs> for his birthday or something. Yeah, it's, a it's so good. Um, yeah, we we could talk about Andretti, and we're gonna. This story is gonna evolve over the course of the year. So yeah, we will be talking about this much more. I think. Um, moving on to the second sad part of this, and this was a real shock. This this impacted quite a lot of people. Oh, yeah. uh, the news of Ken Block's passing. Mm. Just what the hell? And yeah, days, a couple of days, maybe the day before or something. He posted a tweet with a. It was a picture of this. All of his snowmobiles all lined up, like, hey, we're getting ready to go out and tackle the mountain or some shit like that, and. Lo and behold, mm. one of it's them. Anything good? Yeah. No one can say he didn't enjoy his life. I mean, he. Yeah, my man. As far as racing goes, that guy did it all. So sixth gear all the time. Yeah. Just did not ever slow down for anything. He. Uh, I was surprised to see he didn't have as have more wins than he did. Uh, more rally wins because he didn't have a whole lot. You know, finished on the podium a few times, but. But I think what a what a guy. Yeah. What a, what a guy, just a huge personality. Uh, you know, me and everybody in my family, every time a Jim Connor video came out, we were all sharing them back and forth. And I, one of the big things that got me into sim racing, I'll use air quotations was the dirt rally games yeah. and, and, you know, ripping that little, uh, fiesta around <laughs> in the, in the little Jim Connor events and stuff. I, I yeah, I, I'm going to miss him for sure. Gonna miss him for sure. I really enjoyed the video that Hoonigan put out uh, mm. last week. Yeah, and he he uh, I think the main impact, like what you, you said, he might not have been the most successful when he did motorsport, but I think he showed to motorsport and the automotive industry the power of what the internet can do in terms of marketing and how you can use mm. the internet to your advantage and social media. Those videos yep. are huge and they came out at right around the time that YouTube was starting to blow up. Right. As a, as a as a media platform, and yeah, his impact in terms of reaching new fans in a way that that rallying and and um, Jim Carner wasn't able to accomplish before him. I think that that will be a lasting legacy up, upon many of his other things, such as Hoonigan, right? And what he's Let's done for forget, action sports. He co-founded DC Shoes, which yeah, were I mean, I from the time I was in junior high all the way till I graduated high school was pretty much the only shoe brand I wore. Yeah, you know, and I, he's so, solely responsible for Rob Deerdick <laughs> existing <DC laughs> and tech deck skateboards and, and middle school. 
It was all oh, the craze. Man. I don't know tech about you guys, deck. but we got in trouble because kids were stealing tech decks back and forth. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Desk, you know, doing their finger, did he, did he, did he, did he, did he, making so much noise. The teachers, no more tech decks. <laughs> Those were days. But yeah, well, our Tony Hawks uh, apparel and our DC shoes, I think everybody was a skater in my middle school. It was the. Mm. It was a fad, but uh, but now that's sorry. I had to. I can just see the tech decks now. I had a baggie, like a, a plastic bag, like a little wrench, and you had you had other wheels you could pop on there, and you had all the you different had kinds baggies of tech little, decks, and people were seeing. Yeah. It sounds like a drug ring. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was almost like Pokemon. Card. It was like an older version of Pokemon cards, <laughs> trading tech decks and getting ripped off because the one guy traded you a broken one, and you gave him a really nice one. I'm still not over it. Yeah, but uh, maybe someday. <laughs> but if you're out there, he's looking for you. Yeah, I'll find you. <laughs> but all that, all that to say, though, you, just one of the biggest personalities of motorsport, and I think 100%. he's going to be he's going to be missed. And I, I want to say that the uh, World Rally Series uh, retired his number for a year. Yeah, WRC right? retired the 43. Nitro Rallycross retired it. Um, and yeah. That's that's something in 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 other sports, you know, in football, basketball, and things like that. You you have the opportunity to have your jersey or whatever retired, and that can work. But in motorsports, to have a number retired, it takes something off the grid that other te- people can't use, and it, it's eventually you're going to run out of numbers if you keep yeah. retiring numbers that were driven by great drivers. Yeah, it's it's a rare Dale thing. Earnhardt I mean, exactly. didn't even have his number three retired. Yeah, it, it no one used it out of respect, but it's now back with Dylan. Yeah, so yeah, and and it, I think they're just doing it for a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. But but still, to even have that honor bestowed is mm-hmm. is almost unheard of in this sport. Yeah, uh, and I think he deserves it 100. Yeah. percent Shows the impact he had. Yeah, for sure. Um, another driver that's made a significant impact on his sport. And is is retiring at the end of this year is Kevin Harvick. Um, I don't think this is really surprising. Um, he's been kind of hinting at it the last few years, especially with his frustrations with the organizing body over several decisions they've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this was kind of hinted at after someone spotted in media day that he was running a kind of a forever logo on his overalls, and then sure enough, the next day confirmed that at the end of the year he's gone. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I, I wonder who they're gonna replace him with. Have they made that announcement, Stuart? There's, there's rumors because um, obviously this year, um, for this year, they've put Ryan Priest in the 41 and have moved Cole Custer out. So they the if they don't find anyone else, they can always put Cole back in. But there's also rumors of you know there are free agents at the end of this year like Ross Chastain. I, I don't see that move making much sense for him. It seems that would seem more like a sideways move to go from track house to Stuart Haas. But um, yeah, it's it's NASCAR is one of those sports where there is always a silly season in terms of because there are just so many seats. Um, right. But yeah, that's going to be a big one. And Kevin Harvick has been the leader at Stuart Haas since since they became a team. Really, like after the years where Tony won with them, mm-hmm. even when Tony was still racing and Kevin was there, it seemed more like it was kevin leading the way both in terms of results and just spearheading the charge so it'll be an interesting it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic changes uh stuart Haas after this um yeah, i'm i'm definitely gonna watch 
watch him closely this season to see how he finishes it out. Yeah. Um, briefly touching on, uh, well, turning left, but on dirt this time. Um, Chili Bowl happened. A bit weird this year, um, not having Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell or some of the bigger stars there because of various issues regarding prize money. And, you know, th- there were a couple of issues that came out of the Chili Bowl, but the important thing, uh, Logan Seavey finally took a win after so many years of trying. Um, finally got his first Chili Bowl win. Um, I, I he really won it all like, weekend, didn't he? He did. He was on it. <laughs> yeah. He, he could not be touched all weekend. All weekend. It, what, a, what, a, what a fucking drive from the guy. Yeah. And uh, it was a wild week as well. There were so many. Like It felt like there were more big wrecks this year. Or a higher concentration oh, of anyone. Oh, the kid that got tossed out of the car. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Uh, I, can't, I, can't remember I don't know much name, about that race, but I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Ashton right. uh, Torgerson. Yeah, yeah. Young kid. Got I can't just, believe he was okay. <laughs> right. It looked like the car landed on his head on or yeah. neck or something, and he was at a press conference like the next day. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm interested to see what's going to be said about how that happened. Mm. Was it his arm restraints that, that hit the quick release on the belt or, or I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand how that can happen in, in yeah. 2023 with all of our advances in, in safety and, and all that. It just, it, how, how does a driver get ejected from a car in 2023? Crazy. Yeah. And the, the, the time on the race also the, or I guess the timing of the events mm-hmm. throughout the weekend, they had like an hour and a half long, uh, award ceremony that nobody really gave a shit about. And it really just brought down the momentum from the weekend. It was, yeah, it was not good. I, th- I don't think that the a main started until like gone 1am in America. And yeah. that's just it. Yeah. A lot of the drivers came out afterwards and said that, the way the format, the, the, the chili bowl needs to change, maybe start the soup a day early or something just to make the show run a little better. Um, we'll see what happens. I really like the chili bowl, but it, I, I watched it. felt like I watched all of the chili bowl all week, but then didn't get to watch the feature because it was just so late. Um, and that's kind of the backwards of what you really want to achieve. Right. Um, Moving back to NASCAR very briefly, this was a bit of a surprise. Um, 2311 Racing are going to be fielding Travis Pastrana in the Daytona 500. Attempting to. <laughs> ah, yes, because he has to qualify because it's a long shot. This is going to be the thing. He's going to be up against. He's going to be up against Jimmy Johnson to qualify. They they might both anyway on speed. It depends on how many other non-chartered entries they get, but. Pastrana could do this because when he raced in Xfinity, his best results were on plate tracks. So it's not out of the realms of possibility, I suppose. I I don't know. We'll we'll, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, the the dude can drive, obviously. Oh yeah. He, he can he can go fast in anything you put him in. But let's uh, let's see if he can qualify for the the biggest race in NASCAR. It's going to be mm-hmm. tough. It's going to oh, be yeah. tough, and then it's going to be tough for him to survive. I think. Yeah. You know, we it's been the attrition rate at the Daytona 500 for the last eight years or so has been in the 80 to 90 percent range. Yeah. It's been rough. But then it's, it's also the perfect rough. race for a wild a wild card like him to come into because if he can just run around at the back and survive until the end, 
he could be in the the, the six cars that aren't damaged that could fight right. for the win at the end. So he's you never just there know. for safety rating. <clears throat> he's just, <laughs> well, I'm, just out there. Just, I'm just hanging out in the back so I don't get wrecked. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. I I I love the guy to death. I, mm. I I I love watching everything he drives, and he's just a good name to bring to any sport, really. Definitely. Um, another kind of unexpected announcement or somebody getting into racing itself. Um, Frankie Muniz, <laughs> uh, the f- former star of Malcolm in the Middle. Um, anyone who knows, who's a fan of him will know that he's a big fan of motorsport and he uh, raced a couple of Formula Atlantic races in the uh, tail end of the two fa- of the 2000s mm-hmm. and stopped racing, I think, due to illness, I think it was. Um, but well, now he's switched his sights. He's come back to racing, and he's now switched his, sight, his sights on stock car racing, and is this year going to be racing full time in Arca? Good for Good him. For him. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's a weird thing for me because like. <sighs> The, the more I think about it, the more I think it's okay, more, mainly because of the series that he is entering. You know, like there, there are cases across motorsports of drivers being able to use exterior factors such as the money they have or the name they have to advance where some other people might not. Um, but there's a lot of drivers who are like that in ARCA. You know, there are drivers who have raced their way there and there are drivers who have put themselves there. And sometimes those drivers are good as well so uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on especially after so long like being the age he is getting into motorsport this late and just to see you know he's been out of the car for a while just to see how he transfers from the limited open wheel experience he has over to stock cars he's he doesn't seem terrible from the stuff that i've seen him in so far but it's it's just a bit of an unknown i guess yeah i i've actually got to see him drive in person and oh really yeah, it was pretty. I, I, so where I'm where I'm at is uh, close to a track called MSR Houston down mm-hmm. in Angleton, Texas, and he used to store a car there. I yeah. don't remember what kind of car. I think it was a Panos Panos. I don't know how to mm. pronounce it, but one of the, you know an old GT car, and he used to wheel the shit out of it. <laughs> but it was it was just it was surprising to see young Frankie Muniz mm-hmm. out there driving a race car. If he's three wide in the middle at, at Daytona, <laughs> and say don't say it's Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> they have What's to. the point? <laughs> yeah, right? We all just go home if they don't. Yeah. Um, another person driving... Uh, uh, I'm running out of segues. There's just too many. Kyle Larson is finally going to be running the Indianapolis 500 after flirting with the idea for the last couple of years. But it's not going to be this year. It's going to be next year. Um. Bit, bit strange to announce it this early, but it starts building the hype and having a driver of Kyle's caliber coming over to Indy. He's going to be doing the double as well, trying to do Charlotte in the same day. He's going to be doing it with McLaren. So given their pace last year, he's going to have a shot if he's quick enough. And given that he's quick in basically everything he drives, you've got to think he's going to. It's exciting. That's going to be one hell of an endurance stint. Mm. <laughs> if he makes it all the way through both races. Well, we've seen, we've seen it like Kurt Busch did it um, in 2014, I think. Did and he really? Yeah. And it, for, for me, it's just the travel between the two, which is the, 
the mad bit, like any kind of delay and you're screwed. But, yeah. um, but yeah, him, um, I think John Andretti or one of the Andrettis did it in the past. Tony Stewart's done it in the past. Um, I think Kyle's in the position. Uh, he's probably the first driver since Tony and, and maybe Kurt Busch who have the strongest chances of being able to win both. I don't think he will, but given the equipment he's in in NASCAR, Hendrick, you know, he's got a chance. Mm -hmm. He's got a very good chance of winning that race. And given the fact that he's going to be in a McLaren, he's, he's got a very good chance of doing very well in both races. So I'm, I'm really excited for the year over, over, <laughs> over year, almost really long wait. <laughs> it's, 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 going to take ages yeah. to get here but it's going to be exciting when it happens the in, the indianapolis instagram account posted a, a picture the other day and this was before i found out that he was going to be in the race they posted a picture that said 500 days to go and i'm like what what <laughs> are y'all not having the race this year or what, what's going on and i had to do a little bit more reading but yeah no in, in 500 or so days we're gonna see kyle in an indy car yeah, it's really, really cool news. I, it, it's been, yeah, teased for a while, so it's good that they finally got it over the line. And he almost got on the grid for this year, but engine limitations and numbers meant that they couldn't quite do it. But it'll be exciting when it happens. Um, we then move on to the first couple of races that happened this year. We're, we're nearly at the end of this roundup. It's it's coming. Um Dubai 24 happened. Uh, I can't say this is one of my favorite races usually. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't grab me like the Rolex does, for example. Mm -mm. Um, but WRT won on their debut with BMW, having swapped over from Audi last year. And uh, Valentino Rossi was on the podium and rode onto the podium on a camel, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird Dubai. It, like you, it's a weird race. I mean, they have, what, it's GT3s. Porsche Cup cars and TCRs, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, and they didn't have like full course yellows. They had like, what was it? It was like uh, a number. It was like red 60 or something. Like, so, yeah. Or, or yeah, something, uh, something like that. But yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't seem as like official. I don't think there's not a whole lot of like professional teams that, that do it. Um, hmm. But good for them right <laughs> yeah if we see it's them kind of take over the you know and start with bmw and <clears throat> i forget who said it but they just said that wrt is like a when it comes to their program to how they run it they're like a formula one team like the very professional organized doesn't matter which car or what manufacturer they choose like they're gonna win so yeah no, I, 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 go on sorry it, I was about to say, I just, I think it, I think they, the only reason they have this race is to try to get something going on over there. That's on the caliber as Daytona, mm. but we all know when race season starts, it's, it's, and it's when it's yeah. the Rolex. It's when the green flag drops on the Rolex. Right. It's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But good for, good for Rossi for, mm. for, you know, multi, multi-discipline <clears throat> uh, podium, you know, and I dude's forgot a, to add dude's it. a beast. Yeah, I forgot to add it to this roundup, but we'll quickly mention it here. That he's obviously now a BMW factory driver as well, and he's going to get the opportunity to test the GTP car. Right. So Ooh. it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with that. I hope. I, I don't think BMW are like this to just put a driver in just on name appeal, but if he's good enough, it would be cool to see him. 
Um, he, he, he can, he's proven that he's good at four wheels and also good on a camel. Apparently I saw one hilarious <laughs> tweet that said that he was still going to try and get his knee down. <laughs> I was going to say a minute ago, he'll do anything just to wrap his legs around something that moves. Um, and another thing that's, um, another series that got underway was formula E, uh, briefly touching on that, their first race of the season and of the gen three era of formula E happened at Mexico city at the, uh, Hermanos Rodriguez circuit. And it was a race dominated by Porsche powertrains with Andretti, Andretti again, um, <laughs> winning uh, with Jake Dennis. Um, uh, for the four Porsche-powered cars, so the two Andrettis and the two Porsches all finished in the top six with both Porsches, uh, the factory Porsches making good progress during the race. Pascal Verline ended up finishing uh, second ahead of Lucas Degrassi, I believe. So... It'll be interesting to see whether Porsche have just stolen a march on the new uh, regulations or whether they've always gone well in Mexico. I think it's because of the altitude. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up. But the new cars look good. and um, Do they? they okay, they race. They, they look <laughs> fast. And and I, I hated them when they first launched. But now that I've seen them for a, re- a race weekend, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of like when they introduced the Halo to Formula One and it looked awful. And now you just don't see it anymore. I think it's an ugly car. It, it, from the top, it's just cheese. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it looks like a block of, like a like a wedge of cheese. It looks but from like, a like piece ground of level and on the side, like it's almost not bad. Almost not bad. I'll I'll go with almost not bad. <laughs> I'll go with almost not bad. I do like the way the wings fall. Yeah, you know the 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 V shape is carried on every aspect of the car but you're exactly right about the top down view it looks like a slice of pizza i'm not here for it someone i don't sat like on it. it and yeah yeah i haven't jumped uh, on the formula e train at all i don't think i've watched one race so you're maybe. not missing anything that's what i've been told i really quite like it but maybe i'll maybe i'll take a peek at it we'll see we'll it's see. worth we a should. go and I, I think the gen 3 car has done a lot to make it look faster um and I, that that is, that was a big part of a lot of people. What turned a lot of people off to it was that it just didn't look right. But mm-hmm. the racing action had, over the last few years has been pretty good, if not quite chaotic. But then so is Formula One, I guess. But right. um, it, it's worth a go. But it's it's not going to be for everybody, sure. Like there, there are quite a few gimmicks. Like the, the fan boost is gone, right. which is good. But um, the attack mode, I think, is quite good. Quite a good gimmick. It's it's worth a go. It, it's it's yeah. I'll get worth it. worth having a look at. Um, Maybe we can have a watch party or something. Yeah, plan like it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good idea. We should do watch parties together on some of these events. Plan, yeah, we, we've got to do it. Yeah. yeah, we've all said that. Like, we all watch varying different things to varying different uh, extents. So, um, yeah, it'd be cool for us to try and do a show and tell of the series that we really like the most. Um. To the series I like the most, as I mentioned earlier, IndyCar, and the driver with the best name in racing is graduating from the Indy Next series, formerly Indy Lights, to uh, take the seat vacated by Takuma Sato when he went off to Chip Ganassi Racing. And that driver is Stingray Rob. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> you hadn't heard of this guy, had you, John? No. No. I, I No? IndyCar and Oval and... and um or NASCAR in particular, are my two least watched. I plan on changing that this year, however. But 
but no, I've never, but hell of a name though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best name in racing since Dick trickle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how, I, I don't think Dick trickle will ever be top, but, uh, anyways, stingray Bob is up there, dude. And I, I, I was telling, I was telling Jordan earlier. I, I looked up an interview with him. I had to see what this guy sounded like. Cause I, I really, really wanted him to have like a boom from King of the Hill type <laughs> accent, you know, or just something, something that I, that I didn't see. Obviously <laughs> he, he just, he talks like a regular guy and it's kind of disappointing. Damn, It is. He, he needs, needs to lean into it more. He needs a dialect coach. <laughs> he needs something just to, he needs that Southern twang. <laughs> I need him to have a better accent. He's not a bad promotion, but um, like IndyCar's always been really good at promoting the drivers from their feeder series. They've they've always been really good at doing that. And there's a couple this year, like Benjamin Pedersen, who's also making the jump. But the one guy who isn't making the jump is Linus Lundqvist, who won the feeder series championship last year and got the. uh, He he just hasn't been able to get the full time ride, and that's quite a shame. But it's expensive. it, It is expensive, but. It usually works out, and and the they've actually improved as a reaction to this. They've improved how the scholarship money is going to work for ne- this coming season to avoid the championship, the champion not missing out again, which kind of sucks for Lundqvist because right, you know, yeah, but yeah, he's I mean, a good you, enough driver that he'll get a shot. You'd think it's an automatic in, right? Yeah. You win the championship. I mean, it's kind of like that in Formula One, right? Like if you win the F two championship, you pretty much get the opportunity to at least be in a a reserve driver, Mm. you know, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to see what the guy's going to do. He's, he's he's now automatically your favorite as well. (laughs) He is. He is. I fucking love the name Stingray (laughs) Rob. The only way it could be better is if the R was a B and his fucking name was Stingray Bob. <laughs> but I mean, Bob is short for Robert. I'm calling him Stingray go. Bob from now on. Yep, that works. That's it. It's done. Um, in the in the last weekend, uh, we had WRC start again. Um, I've been excited for this story. Yeah, um, the on track <laughs> action was good enough. Uh, Sebastian Ogier, <laughs> Sebastian Ogier ended up winning his ninth Monte Carlo Rally. Um, despite the fact that he's only part time this season, he's only going to be doing I think four races, and he crushed it. Like in the first night alone, he built up a thirty second lead on two relatively short stages. He was on it. It's mad. However, just as um, exciting as the action on the stages was the excitement was the action just off of the stages as um, a, a screenshot of the of an onboard very quickly went viral and took off on Twitter after it was um, discovered that two fans were um, sharing my screen extracurricular right activities um, at the side of the stage. I have to see it. I'm it's, sharing my screen right now. Oh, it's a f- stupid ad. Yeah, we'll we'll try and put for, for for the visual side of this. Perhaps we'll try and pull up a, a, a screenshot of this. But parental advisory, I guess, because it's R-rated stuff, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I like gotta say, I've, the title "Sex Drive." Randy Couple <laughs> appeared to have sex by side of track. <laughs> yeah, so. These two were Possibly facing for you, right? These two f- 
fans were facing away from the track. And... <laughs> <laughs> for some reason decided that the action wasn't hot enough and <laughs> needed to <laughs> we'll get to the slow-mo it's just like you, you see viral clips of like people at the side of rally events and the cars passing within inches of them and that's when they're looking at it how terrifying must it be to be getting that treatment <laughs> whilst a, a lunatic in a hatchback flies by you at 12 million miles an hour. Like, wow. And, <laughs> and there's a guy looking on too, you know, there, there are several people there watching and, and, and they're got their, they got their backs to the track. I don't understand. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd think that they'd want to turn around. So you'd see something coming other than that guy. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, that's atrocious. Definitely <laughs> saw them coming. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, they were they were waiting for Jordan Seredidas to go by, and he came and he went. Um, <laughs> let's get more of this. What if we please. finished the race? Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, at least we can say that our roundup ended with a bang because. Uh, <laughs> Because now we're back to in the in the dying moments of the show because we've gone on way longer than we thought we were going to anyway. This is intended to be around an hour and a half show, and we're we're over that. But it's the pilot; it's fine. We'll we'll ask for we'll beg for forgiveness rather than seek permission. Um, in the last few minutes of the show, we'll talk about Daytona because obviously we've just had the Raw, um, and and with that the first uh, VP Challenge race. Uh, I didn't see it, but yeah. I did find it was rather interesting to see a Camaro GT4 driver get his arm out of the cockpit and point an LMP3 by out of the international horseshoe. <laughs> point the <laughs> dentist. Like he, he was determined to not have his race ended by a dentist. Like, <laughs> over there. Go that <laughs> way. <laughs> um, did either of you guys catch the, the, the VP Challenge race? Because I watched both of them. Because uh, I don't, we haven't said it on the show yet, but I'm going to be embedded with the winner of the uh, GSX class. The, I'm going to be with Core Motorsports this year through an organization called Operation Motorsports, helping uh, disabled vets get with uh, get into motorsport and things like that. But my team that I'm going to be embedded with won both of their races, and it was fucking awesome to see <laughs> i yeah i can't wait to get to daytona, daytona next week daytona? <laughs> daytona i can't wait to get there next week and daytona and hang out with you guys i am jealous of both of you because yeah. i'm the only one here who well I, firstly i'm not in the country so that's quite difficult but you're both going and i hate you for it but um <laughs> yep, we leave i leave uh thursday morning at well, we gotta leave. We gotta leave my house at three thirty a.m. to catch a five thirty a.m. flight out of uh, Pittsburgh here. But I've got a four-year-old. We're gonna drag along with it, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know, just to be down there is gonna be super. I, I can. There's probably no words to it. Um, but I, I am. Yeah, I'm be beyond fun. excited. Um. You know, have my family there. You know, of course, we'll have to go to Disney after the race. That's that was the deal that was struck. But um, <laughs> you know, such a cool time to go down. Like a, like really get into motorsports. But B, like the the introduction of these new vehicles, the new the the, the GTP cars. Um, you know, seeing 
those for the first time, being at Daytona for the first time, um, it's going to be so awesome. I, I, I might not be able to control myself, but, um, but yeah, I'm, we'll have to meet up sometime and cry yeah, together about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably, you know, dance around, you know, run into this, into the, uh, into the track, like a little kid and probably embarrass my wife and, and my kid, but I, I mean, I don't really care. So, but no, I mean, more on like the, the, the GTPs, I think, um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest story. Um, you know, we saw them qualify. Uh, what was it yesterday? Yeah. Sun, yeah Sunday. Mm. Um, and oddly enough, the, you know, yeah. Acura came out on top Meyer shank again. Um, so it, it looks like there seems to be some troubles with the, the BMW. Um, Porsche had the pace, but they had that massive crash and uh, Nick Tandy in the, in the bus stop. Lamont chicane, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I but no, the bus stop. it's a bus, it's stop. A bus stop. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, we'll see how much, uh, sand falls out of these cars here. We're, we're for the bop. And, um, but I, I think, you know, I was surprised to see how fast the Acuras were. I thought, because they were, what they were like the latest car to come out. You know, the Porsches have always obviously had the longest time on track, the most testing hours. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. And there's a lot of trickery and tomfoolery that goes on this time between the, the roar and the qualifying and, and the, uh, the actual race. So we'll see. I don't think, have they announced the, any updates to the BOP yet? Or no, I, I haven't no. seen any. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, know, I like, haven't the, seen any. The new GT3s, like the, the, the Ferrari, the Porsche, um, and then the, the, uh, Lamborghini Evo two were all out there and, um, you know, the Ferrari and the Porsche, the, the, the portion more particular was, was pretty low as far as the timing goes. Some people say that they're sandbagging, but if we remember last year, they were seeing the same thing about the new BMW and then the race started and they got nowhere. They had all kinds of issues. So, um, it'll be interesting to see where, where, where that goes as well, but. Um, long story short, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. I, I, on the BOP thing, I don't know that there needs to be any. I think they well, should keep it the same. There, everybody in the in the GTP class was within eight tenths. You know, I think that I think whoever did the BOP before the roar needs a race. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got it spot on. It, it seems that they're all pretty well evenly and, matched. And when you consider that not all of the teams got a fair crack at it because of the, because of the timing of the red flag and the fact mm-hmm. that Mayer were one of the only ones who were able to change tires. You know, th- there's time to find everywhere. Obviously, it's new cars, but. Blomquist, for example, his pole lap, he had a massive moment in the bus stop on the final run. He could have been even quicker. And then obviously right. you then factor in that all the other drivers didn't get exactly the same kind of run in the same tires, etc. They could be a lot closer than even that. So, I, I, you know, the Rolex 24 is always one of the more unpredictable races of the year just because it's a 24-hour race to start the season. I can't remember one being this unpredictable not just in GTP, but in all the other, all the classes, really. I know the, I know the yeah. um, LMP2s and, and P3s and GTs haven't changed too much. Not nowhere near as much as GTP, obviously, but they're always a, a, an absolute dogfight for the entire twenty-four hours as well. So, 
throw in the GTP chaos and it's going to be, I, I can't wait. I'm not, I'm not there. I hate the fact that you guys are going are gonna to be there to see this in person, but I'm so excited to see it from thousands of miles away, let alone, I can't imagine how you guys are feeling. <laughs> I'm excited. It's my first time going. Particular team, everyone, are we, are we picking a, a winner? What do we, uh, what do we guys think? At, at any I, I'm going to be safe. Um, and, and I'm going to reference it. If I, I'm sure you guys might have seen or at least heard about it. Um, IMSA put out a win the weekend series on YouTube. Um, and the first episode covered the GTP development and preseason mm-hmm. testing leading up to Daytona. Uh, really really good i recommend anyone watches it but based on that and you know the fact that they've done a 36 hour test at sebring i i got to go with porsche for the gt oh, damn it that was going to be my pick you, 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 we, we, yeah, the same. we all agree <laughs> i think we all agree. yeah oh yeah okay so if, we, if we're all just in agreement yeah porsche yeah porsche 100 percent uh they they've got a fucking great driver lineup uh, it sucks that they only have one car, JDC Racing, who uh, with Luca Mars. They're they're waiting on their their Porsche, right? So we probably won't see that for a minute. But uh, fun fact: but, uh, yeah. Luca Mars is from up here in Pittsburgh, and um, does does car say that one more time? Luca Mars is is from Pittsburgh, up close to where mm-hmm. I live. Um, did a lot of his karting and training up at the pit race complex and um, the, the pro kart concept guys that are a sponsor of the uh, into the apex podcast and mad sim racing um, developed it or, you know, helped train him and, and whatnot. So we'll be, we'll be awesome. At least I will be pulling for him and, and um, in the, uh, the, the LMP three, but uh He's he's also a driver for Core Motorsports, right. and so I'm excited to get to work next to the yeah, guy this season. Absolutely, we, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Let a fellow, uh, as we say up here in Pittsburgh, Ginzer say uh, say hello. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I think I, I think I think Porsche is going to win, but I also will be closely rooting for the Cadillacs. I think they just that they're they're new. I think it looks so good. I, I'm. That pinstripe livery. It, it's I. Th- I think the, the what the the red, Whelan engineering. And then they have like the blue and the red. I like how they all kind of match, but have different colors to them. But um, and the sound. Whew. Yeah, wow. it might be like that that couple a- on the side of the uh, the rally course by myself. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope that cow doesn't stop for long enough. Because yeah. that that uh, that could get ugly. But up and down the grid, like it is absolutely stacked. Like not just GTP, but like there's so many incredible lineups in in P2s. Like Scott McLaughlin and Joseph Newgarden racing in 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 the P2 class for Tower. Yeah, um, you got so many like Romain Grosjean in the Lamborghini, amongst many others. You got the Iron Dames coming over to Imsa for the first time. They're going to be really exciting as well. I, I'm I, I'm excited to see them too. Yeah, it, it's fan. it's such an like IMSA and endurance racing as a whole is in such a good position going forward, and this feels like it's the start of it all going to explode. And right, I, I'm so excited for it. Do you and, have a Do you have a pick for the GT field? I would like to say the Iron Dames, but it, it's there's so many really experienced big teams that are there as well that it's well, hard. It, it, seems like experience didn't matter during qualifying because the top gtd pro car 
would have only qualified fourth hmm. against the GTDs. Yeah. What kind of it? Well, it was also shit is that? how many cars, are, how many total GT3s? You've got what, 30, including GTD Pro and. It's going to be a big field. So, like trying to trying to qualify with thirty plus cars this time. I mean, a lot of that comes down to luck, and if your tires are at the right optimal temperature, and you happen to have the optimal space because somebody in a GTD did, you know, has given you space to qualify. So, I think a lot of that. I, I think a lot of that qualifying times don't relate so much over to the to the race i mean it, it, mm. with a 24-hour race too the qualifying times can okay great you know but it's but um for me at least i'm going to be rooting for corvette racing yeah, folks right here um, the the one corvette that's going to be on yeah I, I i love jordan taylor <laughs> I, I do and my wife like my wife her her dad used to have a corvette so that's kind of what got me into corvette racing and so i always root for them um but I also uh, like to see the um, uh, what's it right motorsport in the GTD level. They um, I grew up in Cincinnati and their home base is in Cincinnati, so I, I usually pull for them as well. I, I know I'm going to be boring, and I know I'm going to pick the GTD Pro pole sitter, but <laughs> the, the like the lineup of of, of Cooper McNeil, That's true. Danny Thayer, Joel Gunon, Maro Engel. That is that's unfair. a stacked lineup. That's stacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, that's uh, quite frankly shouldn't be allowed. So it's I, like the I, Miami it, Heat with like LeBron yeah. <laughs> when they did the uh, the super teams back then. Yeah, it's that's a true. hell of a lineup. So I I can't really look beyond them. As for GTD, I mean, again, it's it's absolutely mad. Um, well, I do have my I, AMG flag up behind me as a second. There you, you know, go. I'll root for them. I don't know. It's 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 gonna you know these races are always so hard to call. Um, I'm just so excited for it to be there, and obviously we're gonna end up spending the majority of next week. So you two waxing lyrical about what a good time you had, and me being silently envious in the corner. Actually, not silently. <laughs> I'm gonna be very vocal about how angry I am. Um, but I it's think, gonna be it's gonna be a fun weekend. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear from you guys about it. But until then, I think we might have just about gotten through the first show. So. It's been chaos. It's not going to be like this usually. We it's we don't normally have to cover an entire four months worth of news in one show, but I think we just about managed to get through the the roller coaster rundown and get to talk about Daytona a little bit. Um, in the meantime, I hope anyone listening out there has enjoyed this mess. Um, Please come be back. sure to come back. Please come back. <laughs> we'll be better. Next yeah. few, the next we'll few that. episodes are going to be much more indicative of the kind of format that we're going to go for here. But it, the one thing that is going to stay the same, it is just going to be three people having a conversation about motorsport that is just happened to be recorded. Um, but in the meantime, I've been Jordan. John's been John. Um, I think. Greg's been Greg. <laughs> yep. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, we've be. been talking nonstop for a while and, um, we hope you enjoyed it and tune in next week for more provocative motorsport talk here on the into the paddock podcast until then. I was about to say, before <laughs> we go, uh, make sure you come out to Dave and Buster's. If you're out at Daytona, That's this true. Week. Uh, we are having a big meetup with into the apex Friday night, eight o'clock. Yeah. Dave and Buster's <laughs> bring your a game. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck some people up on <laughs> ski ball. <laughs>
Well, with that minor threat aside, it's time to end. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this. Tune in next week for more, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Into the Paddock by the ITA Podcast Network. Join us next time for more provocative motorsport talk. Oh, my God.